I do every Monday a Sunday review of the mainstream media. So this week I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation, where Rhino Representative Chris Stewart from Utah, who sits on the House Intelligence Committee, said Biden had to know he had classified documents. Also checking out, uh, be checking out Sunday Propaganda on my favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where correspondent David Pogue blows sunshine up our skirts regarding how AI is already taking over in every field of human endeavor, even the creative ones, causing workers to worry about their livelihoods. Also be tearing into the Sunday New York Times showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. So I'm going to get cut right into the New York Times, tear right into the New York Times right now. So first up, I just want to go to a little COVID news. So China reports nearly 60,000 COVID-linked deaths since lifting restrictions. The unexpected disclosure was made as the country faces mounting criticism for providing unreliable data on its latest coronavirus outbreak. Excuse me, so this is an article by David Pearson and Olivia Wang. China said on Saturday that it has recorded nearly 60,000 fatalities linked to the coronavirus in the month since the country lifted its strict zero COVID policy, accelerated an outbreak that is believed to have infected millions. The disclosure was the first time China has provided an official measure of the COVID wave now sweeping the country and presents a huge spike in the official death toll. Until Saturday, China had reported just 5,200 COVID deaths since the pandemic began in the city of Wuhan since late 2019. That measure was narrowly defined as deaths from pneumonia or respiratory failure caused by COVID. The new figure released Saturday included those who had COVID but also died of other underlying illnesses. So they started using um, the way they reported deaths here in this country. Realistically, though, what this is, is for you to look at draconian lockdowns and see if you lift those, now you have 60,000 deaths. That, that isn't a fair, that isn't a fair count. That isn't a fair measure. Uh, there wasn't a, uh, a disclosure of deaths in China during the zero COVID lockdowns, the draconian lockdowns. They didn't have death numbers coming out from that. This is just ridiculous. All this is saying, all this is, as far as news reporting is going, is it's it's propaganda saying, see, if you don't have draconian lockdowns, that result in 60,000 deaths. 
And the way they're reporting it now uh, to elevate the deaths for COVID is the same way we were reporting it. Oh, you could have COVID but die in a motorcycle accident and they count that as a COVID death. So moving on, leader of Biden's COVID vaccine effort is stepping down, Dr. David Kessler, if you haven't known this joker has been around forever, took over Operation Warp Speed when President Biden entered office and his departure signals the end of the program. This has nothing to do with it. This guy, in, in terms of the powers that be, failed into getting, his, his job was to get shots in arms. And in this article by Cheryl Gay Stolberg, David Kessler, who passed, uh, who for the past two years had been the behind the scenes force driving the vast federal effort to develop and distribute coronavirus vaccines and treatments, is leaving the Biden administration another sign that the pandemic is no longer front center for the right, White House. That's not what they're saying at all. As chief science officer of the administration's COVID response, Dr. Kessler, 71, had operated largely unseen by the public, but his work on issues like setting up mass vaccination sites, pushing for the development of antiviral medicines and distributing reformulated booster shots has affected the millions of Americans, affected the lives of millions of Americans. Indeed, 665 million vaccines, 13 million antivirals, Dr. Kessler said in a brief interview on Friday, referring to the number of doses that Americans had taken since December 2 2020. That's almost, that's less, but almost twice as much as there are people living in the United States. So that obviously the people <laughs> getting all those vaccines, it's what we set out to do exactly, to get um, these vaccines into the arms of Americans. What that spells for the future of American lives in the United States, hard to say, hard to say. My thing is he's stepping down because he was asked to resign because he was no longer able to convince the American public to take these vaccines. Um, most people have realized what happened as of late is that the coronavirus was a psyop and that in fact the coronavirus coronaviruses make up about a third of all head colds all common colds and so this jacked up version that was done through um crispr gene editing it's a chimeric virus that was built in a lab and so it was a little more uh a little more virulent uh than the common cold uh and that there was a little surprise in there that people that were susceptible, susceptible, mind you, could contract SARS, which is severe acute respiratory syndrome, could end you up in the hospital for not being able to breathe, and then they'd stick a pipe down your throat and blow out your lungs. So, but most people have become wise to this, that um, uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 was not something to worry too much about. And actually, you're caught between a, a rock and a hard place between the devastating effects of COVID, which is serious, what it does to you, and then getting the shot, which also mimics, makes you, <laughs> makes you susceptible to the coronavirus or COVID-19, and then also uh, creates the same sort of spike protein that damages you, which is the spike protein. It was not even really the virus. It's the fact that it it, it gets uh, it gets you to rep, uh, to build these spike proteins in your body that gives you encephalopathy in a lot of cases, or severe clotting. 
So moving on to some Ukraine news, uh, Britain says it will give Ukraine tanks breaching a Western taboo. This is another escalation of the war. We can't stop escalating this war, regardless of people saying Western countries have balked at giving Ukraine tanks and other powerful weapons as increased spring fighting looms. That seems to be changing, so we're escalating once again. Megan Specia and Ben Hubbard write, after years of resisting providing Ukraine with some of the West's most high-powered weaponry, Britain indicated on Saturday that it will give battle tanks to Ukraine forces to help prepare for the anticipated Russian assaults in the spring. We're just escalating. Missiles, drones, always been aiding them with satellite imagery and targeting. Uh, we have uh, special forces on the ground there helping with targeting, etc. We're running the fucking war there. And so now we're going to add battle tanks, not from the U.S., but from Britain. Might as well be the same thing. They're advanced, uh, modern advanced uh, battle tanks. Um, the British Challenger II will be the first of the Western-made battle tanks to be sent to the Ukraine since uh, Russia invaded in February. Uh, the U.S. is also sending Bradley fighting vehicles at AL. To send to, uh, since Russia invaded in February, officials in the United States and Europe have long worried that sending tanks and other powerful weapons would substantially increase Ukraine's ability to hurt Russian forces. Why would they worry about that? But that could prompt President Vladimir Putin of Russia to escalate the conflict, even by potentially attacking Western targets or deploying small-scale nuclear weapons. Isn't that something that we should get excited about? I mean, this is just ridiculous. This is a, they admit it right here in the story that it could, it could escalate this into a nuclear conflict. Well, let's do it anyway. Let's not sue for peace. Also, uh, this is from the style section. Uh, I covered this uh, last week for a deadly doll, a killer uh, wardrobe. So if you haven't heard about this Megan movie, M3GAN, it's about a robot girl who goes around dancing and killing, um, but she's dressed really nice. So the titular star of the horror film, Megan, released last week, had to try on several outfits before finding a signature look. So it's trying to make killer robots sexy. And of course, she's pubescent. So that's going to get all the, um, the pedophiles all jazzed up for lifelike little girl robots. Uh, maybe uh, Jeffrey Epstein should have these on his island. So a doll's clothes can be made memorable as any worn by a human, especially if that doll has a taste for blood. It's not really a doll, it's a robot. Talky Tina, the demonic toy made famous by the Twilight Zone, had her plaid dress and with dainty lace trim collar, Annabelle, the sinister doll that appeared in The Conjuring, has her white gown with a leg of mutton sleeves. And even those that have uh, not seen Child's Play or its sequels probably know of Chucky and his blue overalls. The titular star of the horror film, Megan, stands to be another murderous doll recognized for killer outfits. Not least because Megan, whose name is pronounced like Megan, for most of the horror film, wears a striped silk twill scarf tied with a pussy bow, a sartorial choice that lends illicit strong reactions. Uh, Megan, which stands for Model 3 Generative Android, is a life-size artificial intelligence doll, robot, designed to provide companionship and emotional support until programming glitch. Mm. That's sort of like <laughs> people, they were warning us when they were using CRISPR. Oh, you know, this causes mutations. Oh, let's not worry about that. Let's go ahead and make the chimeric virus anyway. 
Until a programming glitch turns her into a Terminator-esque killing machine, there are parts of the film where the doll is played by a high-tech puppet, but most of the scenes, Megan is played by actress Amy Donald, 12, wearing a mask. Megan, who has wide eyes with long, dark lashes and dirty blonde hair that falls below her shoulders, wears the pussy bow scarf and an in, uh, inverted pleat shift dress layered over a striped long sleeve shirt while white stockings and shiny black Mary Janes. Gerard uh, Johnstone, the director of Megan, described the doll as having clothes that evoke a mod fashion of the 60s. If you don't know mod fashion, you should see Quadrophenia by The Who. It's a movie by the, the rock group The Who and long flowing hair like the Mod Squad's actress Peggy Lipton. Oh, I wanted her to be classy and elegant and unexpected, almost like the toy equivalent of those automotive shows from the 1960s where the car would appear on the turntable and everyone's mind would be blown. Ooh. So a pedof uh, the prey of a pedophile a, that turns into a killer robot. So this is a pedophile's dream. So we're not gonna go too far into that because we got more to cover from the opinion section of the Sunday New York Times, the conversation, the party's over for us. Where do we go now? Now this is with Brett Stevens and David Brooks. If you ever know these jokers? What a bunch of friggin' idiots. For decades, conservative values had this central to Brett Stevens and David Brooks' political briefs, the Republican Party in the vehicle. Brett Stevens and David Brooks. So they talk to these jokers. Um, they're going to leave the Republican Party because the Tea Party's taken over. And they don't, they might find conservative values endearing, but they probably most likely are rhinos or neocons. They don't care about spending. See, the real Tea Parties, the real conservatives want to check spending. I'd like to add that they also believed in the core values of old-fashioned liberalism, faith in the goodness of democracy, human rights, or the rule of law, free speech, political compromise. The political process itself, they believed in building things up, not just tearing them down, says Brett. Uh, we're not tearing things down. We're just going back. We're reverting to classical liberalism, which is um, libertarianism, and classical, classical conservatism, which... Uh, we're $30 trillion in debt. We don't believe in Keynesian economics. Uh, we want to, you know, rein in spending because it is indeed what caused inflation, but they don't care about that because they want to spend. As long as it's in the defense industry, we want to spend on that. So it's all corrupt, all this shit. Nobody, none of the American public want wars. We don't want trillions of dollars spent on war. We don't want billions of dollars spent on weaponries for other countries. And although in the federal charter, it is what the federal government is supposed to spend money on, on defense and not other social programs, that doesn't mean that conservatives should go along with every NDAA that comes down the pike. It's just not what people are friggin' interested in. And they don't wanna spend money on war. They don't wanna spend too much money. They wanna spend enough money on defense to protect the country and our freedoms and livelihoods but they don't want to spend all this money on Ukraine or developing weapons for Ukraine or uh, developing more uh, regime change scenarios and all this friggin' bullshit, and especially the black budgets of the CIA at Al. So these friggin' jokers, they're on the losing end of the stick, these, these, these assholes. But in recent years, both the party and the radicalized conservative movement, now look, radicalization happens on the left. 
Radicalization happens from progressive ideas that push too far that are considered radical. The right is reactionary. So it's not radicalized conservative movement, it is the reactionary aspects of the far right, if you want to deem it as that, have left them feel alienated in, ver in various ways. No, they're part of the uniparty that is being attacked by really the American electorate who is pushed to have Tea Party MAGA people put in. Now with extremist fringe seemingly in control of the House, the GOP bears little resemblance to the party that the, was their home. It's never their home. It was the uniparty that was their home. And these fucking jokers, especially David Brooks, should go pound sand somewhere else. And uh, of course, he's in the New York Times because he's not really a conservative. Like I said, we got to do something about $30 trillion in debt. Can't keep deficit spending. It causes inflation and, it, you know, devalues our currency, which ruins us, which ruins us domestically and abroad. And we can't keep funding clandestine operations that are targeting the American people, that are targeting domestically. It's just the way it is. So let's go on and, and, and see uh, a little bit about this. This is Chris Stewart uh, with Maggie Brennan. And although I know he says there's nothing to look at here, and that's why he's on CBS Face the Nation, there's nothing to look at here. It's very likely that Biden's secret documents weren't available for Chinese spies to look at and photograph and what have you, that's not, you know, <laughs> that's nothing, don't look here. That's the fact of what it is. The reason it's different from Trump, and the, if you watch Sunday talk, all you heard all Sunday is, this isn't like Trump, which is, you know, you know, as soon as he found out, he was turning it over to the DOJ, Biden, and it's not like Trump. Trump is bad, Biden good. It's just the opposite. Biden was uh, doing a dead drop, allowing Chinese spies to look at this material, probably not take it, but photograph it. Nobody knows. But they did have a relationship at the Penn Biden Center with the Chinese that very likely had access to those offices. That we know probably for sure. That, that's more than likely the case. No Chinese spies ever had access to Mar-a-Lago, okay? And Trump seems to be a patriot. Biden and the Democrats seem to be selling out the country to the communist Chinese, and there, there are many examples thereof. Uh, I'm not going to go into them all, but let's listen to Chris Stewart. He does stick up for spending, so he is a conservative, um, but I think he's sort of a rhino because you can't do this, and this is why it's, it's sort of a limited hangout now with the documents. It's nothing to see here. Yes, there's some documents. Everyone does it. The, there was no spying going on, and there wasn't a quid pro quo where uh, the Penn Center uh, paid Biden $900 million, received tens of millions of dollars from the communist Chinese. Don't worry about that. Um, there's nothing to see here. That's what bothers me about this rhino, but he does stick up for conservative conservatism. So let's see. <laughs> Republican Congressman Chris Stewart of Utah. You're the big man, I think. You sit on the Intelligence Committee, which has um, asked for more information from the Director of National Intelligence in regard to the Biden documents. I don't make money from China. You do. You said you really doubt that there's something that could endanger national security here. What? Do you think this is just an overreaction to this story? You know, when President Trump had this similar experience, some of the media and others claimed, oh, he has nuclear codes, nuclear secrets. 
I said at the time, I find that extraordinarily unlikely and, I, and, unlikely, and I think that the same thing would be true of this situation. What? You know, the likelihood of him being unaware of this. I mean, uh, not only on, my, on the intelligence committee, I was an Air Force pilot, I flew the B-1, I've dealt with, with classified documents almost my entire life. And you have to know, every one of these documents, they have a, a cover sheet that's, that's read. Yeah. It says what the classification is and why it's classified. Every single page has a classification marking on it. This isn't the kind of thing that you just sit on your desk and you think, oh, I forgot that they're classified. It's very clear that they're classified. And for those who think that, well, the president didn't realize that he had those in his possession, it, it just is nonsense. Of course he knew that he had them. They're so obvious. CBS is reporting that there was top secret information in the documents found in uh, Biden's possession. You told CNN that there may be even more sensitive information at a higher classification than that. What? Um, TSSCI. Yeah. SCI, special compartmented yeah. information. It limits it to a few dozen people in some cases, some cases even less. That would be extraordinary. We have requested an analysis of these documents, the potential harm that they may have caused. Yes. And I expect that we'll receive that within the next few weeks, and, and we should receive that in the next few weeks. If these documents were available for a long period of time in, in such an open environment as a garage, for heaven's sakes. Now I don't make money from China. You do. But still they were available. It's important for us to understand the potential damage these documents and these documents being available. Outright treason. It may have caused to the American and American security. Again, we expect to have an analysis of what these documents were, the classification of them, the material that was uh, included in them, and potential security breaches and the threat to national security as a result of these documents not being secure. We have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. Um, I, I want to move on to other matters to go into extraordinary measures to make sure the federal government pays bills here. I don't make money from China. You do. Look, the reason that we're dealing with inflation that we are, which has been generational, and it's worth remembering, it hurts the poorest among us. The mm -hmm. working poor are those who are most impacted by inflation. And the primary cause, in fact, I would argue almost the single cause is government spending and government debt. We need to reform. We mm -hmm. need to use this as a vehicle to try to put to some limits on our spending and our debt and our deficits. And I am one of them, and there are many other... We need to reform and cut our deficits and our spending. Can we yeah. reconcile that with, at the same time, we don't want to harm the credit of the United States government? That's our goal. I think Republicans are aligned on that. I hope the president okay. is as well. And hopefully we get to agreement on that. That it's about, like, optics. You're the big man, I think. Yeah, that's, um, he did say some good things about conservatism and uh, getting the budget under control. Um, but I don't like this wave in a way. Like, there's very doubtful that any serious uh, espionage occurred. <laughs> Make a joke. The Democrats have been, the Democratic Party, the DNC, is fully infiltrated by the Communist Chinese. And they've been so corrupted by then that they had, it's time to pay the piper. So let's um, stop off here and end with um, CBS Sunday Morning. Tell us how wonderful AI is and that it's not going to go horribly wrong and, uh, and destroy humanity like Stephen Hawking and so many other physicists surmised that uh, AI is going to be the downfall of humanity.
So let's see how wonderful it is. Over the coming months, we're looking at artificial intelligence. The good, the bad, and the unknown. Dolly 2 is artificial intelligence software that can turn anything you type into art. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible. That is awesome, awesome. Oh, wow. That is uh, frightening and fascinating all at the same time. Dolly 2 and its rivals, like Midjourney and Stable Diffusion, are available to anyone. They're inexpensive or even free. The goal of the company is to develop artificial general intelligence. And by that, we mean an AI that can do um, all of the things a human can and to deploy it in a way that's safe and <laughs> maximizes the positive benefits to society. Through deep learning, it not only understands individual objects like koala bears and motorcycles, but learns from relationships between objects. It's not merely cutting and pasting together. Its understanding of images is more conceptual and abstract, sort of like how a human would use inspiration from all of the images that he or she may have seen in their lifetime. This is gonna put a lot of artists out of work. Professional artists' work has wound up in OpenAI's database. What? People churning out images containing porn, violence, or misinformation. When we trained the model, we filtered out images of uh, weapons, blood, gore. So I could put in the president killing kittens. Exactly, and the, the system will give you an error. It, it won't let you do that. What? Dolly also tries to compensate for the racial and gender stereotypes in the Internet's universe of pictures. What? So even though 90% of the doctor pictures on the web are white men, yeah. <clears throat> you'll try to even things out? Exactly. It was about white supremacy. Imad Mostak is the CEO of Stability AI. Its program, Stable Diffusion, is open source. There deserves to be lots of different views and lots of different perspectives on this. And as a society, we have to come together and figure out what the best way to use this amazing technology is. Free to anyone, without restrictions or guardrails. That approach has rung a lot of alarm bells. We think putting this out into the open so people can see the power of the technology and then figure out together how we can mitigate the harms is superior to it being in the province of unelected companies. Some Stable Diffusion fans do produce harmful and shocking images. Yes. It's inspiring. It's communicating between one human and another. AI tools can't do that. I think it's one of the biggest leaps forward we've had in technology since maybe the internet. It's coming inevitably, and I think it's just going to change just about everything. They're going to put you all back in chains. Yeah, that's what they have in store. That's the future, is that um, you're not going to have a job. Uh, you're probably not even going to be here if you took the shot or if you got COVID or, you know, by the time the start of the new world order comes around in 2030, there's gonna be a lot of changes and um, you, uh, most people aren't gonna be able to hang. Um, and they're counting on that. So they wanna get rid of folks and they're gonna put AI, AI in charge of it. And that was the biggest thing with the powers that be, the elite. They couldn't stay in people that were creative because they couldn't figure it out themselves. And now that they have a machine that could do, you know, not just put cars together in manual labor, you know, make, a, make an espresso or serve you lunch or whatever, that now they have AI, and this is their biggest crowning achievement, that can actually be creative 
We don't have to pay people to make movies or artwork or photography or to write stories that are right. We can just have the, we have the AI do it. Man, it's over, it's game over. And I guess Elon Musk wanted to put wires in your brains. I don't think that's a solution. I think a solution is a, a Luddite revolution of sorts and just put the genie back in the bottle for Christ's sake. All right, that's it for me, Rudy's Revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, click down below. Also check out my other website, libpop.org, about libertarian populism, buy a t-shirt there. And don't forget to follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Get Our Minds, True Social. See you tomorrow. This is a conspiracy. The New World Order.